0: Welcome to the Scale Up Valley podcast, where we bring the best of the best to help you scale your business from one million to one trillion. Today's guest is Enric van der Poel, the CEO of Perdu. Enric,
1: welcome to the show. Thank you, Mike. Thank you. Thanks for the invite. It's great being here
0: we have been trying to to make this for a very long time <laughs> yes, and we'll right. also do uh, this episode for the first time in the dutch way because we just have kind of 20-25 minutes the both of us to do the the podcast and we have been crazy finding agendas so let's see uh, if if we can do it in such a short uh, amount of time so it will be fun also for our listeners so who is eric
1: uh, I'm Henrik, I'm Dutch. Moved to Berlin in 2013, and that's where I started the company. The company is called Purdue. Um, it's a strategy execution uh, and, and a, uh, a strategy execution system built on uh, build on OKR. Um, before Joy, before starting Purdue, I worked as a as a management consultant where I was responsible for implementing uh, strategic projects. And there I learned firsthand that uh, designing a strategy is very very much fun work, uh, but that's also the easy part. Uh, It gets really tricky when you want to successfully implement and execute it, which is one of the reasons that we started uh, Purdue. And at the same time, when we started Purdue, OKR was still in the very early days, but getting some traction, uh, which is why we've built uh, the system on OKR, of course, which nowadays has gained a lot of uh, popularity.
0: Absolutely love it. And we always discuss on the show three critical ingredients to scale that I think that you have already introduced to the majority of them. Number one, radical focus. Number two, world-class leadership. And number three, the execution operating um, system. So radical focus, we see, and I think that's what my, my main job as a leader working with CEOs and leadership teams is to help them to drive radical focus. Uh, because especially if you are in a venture-backed business, you need to double, triple revenues every single year. You need to work the short, the mid and long term. So it's an exercise of subtraction, of killing complexity, of simplification, of radical focus. And OKRs helped me a lot on that process. So what are some of your lessons driving radical focus to leadership teams and CEOs with uh, the OKR framework and, and with your company?
1: I think one big—I uh, mean, any startup, any scale-up is is always lacking resources. Any company is lacking resources, really, which is why why you need a, a strategy in the first place. Uh, even if you raise tons of money, um, it's still hard to 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 quickly find all the people that you need to to turn it into reality. Um, and if you, yeah, t- t- taking these uh, taking these constraint resources as a starting point. Um, you need to make it a very conscious process to decide how you're going to allocate those resources um and even if you uh, if you hire people right like you, you need to make sure that you first have it clear what your organization's strategy is like which targets which customers are you targeting um exactly. and, and then you can start hiring the right people that would help you uh realize that strategy um so I think, yeah, it's critical that you first start with the strategy of your business and really have a good understanding of what kind of company you want to build, how the company will be different from the competition. Um, and once you have that in place, I think the next step will be to uh, to, to implement OKRs, to so start working with OKRs, because the big benefit that OKRs bring to a company is that you make it an ongoing process to regularly um yeah look up see what's happening around you evaluate what's going on what parts of your strategy were working out which parts were not working out um and then decide what you want to be focused on what you want to be focusing on next and that uh, enables you as a startup as a scale-up to decide where you want to go next instead of constantly responding and putting out fires everywhere and and it's yeah it makes yourself become proactive instead of reactive really
0: absolutely and and you need that if you if you if you want to play to win the game instead of playing to not lose the game uh, which that's sometimes that reactive approach is like right so I, I i don't want to forget anything apart from i have a strategy to win the game and i'm fully focused on executing that strategy right
1: yeah, and, and first you need to decide which game you want to play, right? Yeah. Uh, you, you may have Great competitors. One. <laughs> Great one. <laughs> There's this book from uh, from Roger Martin, whatever you like. I think it's called It's Playing to Win, uh, I mm-hmm. believe is the title. Exactly. And he always starts with the, the playing field that you need to define your own playing field because you may have mm-hmm. like alternative solutions that be in that are in the same space as you, but it doesn't automatically mean that you are competing with them if you are going after completely different clients or if you take a certain approach with your solution.
0: Absolutely, love it. Let, let's introduce, you, you wanted to add something?
1: Yeah, well, I think the other thing about focus, I mean, it, it doesn't come from me and it just, I think there's lots right. of people out there saying it, uh, but I, I, I think this can't be repeated often enough is that focus is so much more about deciding what not to do than it is about exactly. what deciding to do. And uh, I mean, to, nowadays we work with uh, with hundreds, even thousands of, of, of customers are using our software. And I don't think I've seen any client yet that, uh, has, that, that had too little OKRs, right? Everybody has too many OKRs, too many things exactly. they're focusing on. And when you do that, you're really avoiding the hard question which is like, okay, but what really is a, a priority? Um, so yeah, I think that that's the hardest thing with OKRs is is um, is deciding which, which ones you're not picking up because it's usually always clear which ones you want to pick up, which is always too many. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. I like to say first is when we are deciding on the objectives or the key results that best assess the objectives I'd say, first, it's a result. It's not an initiative. Second, it's a key result. Is it key? Do we really need to track this? And uh, so that's that part, right? Is it key? Because we have a lot of results that we want to achieve, but what are the key
1: results? And yeah, that's a whole separate topic, of course, The whole the, the difference between outcomes and outputs. Like we take a we take a pragmatic mm-hmm. approach there. So um, we always say that you need to reflect in your OKRs what matters most to you. Yeah. Um, and if if a key result is uh, if for you an important key result is that you complete a certain project or that you do a certain thing, if if that for you is a really a good measurement of success for the objective, then fine, that that put that, put that as your key result. Right. But very often, yeah. yeah, very often you'll see that what matters most for businesses. Are the actual results? So it's it, what truly matters for a business most of the time is not so much what will we be doing, but what are the results that are so important for us to accomplish in order to get where we want to be. Absolutely.
0: Let's let's bring number two, uh, which is the world class leadership, and I love that one because. First, of course, we set up the foundation, right? We we need to be very clear of what we want to, to achieve as a leadership team and as a team, as one team, the overall team of the company, right? And that's the first layer of the OKRs. But then it comes some complexity, which is the second layer. What the else do we want to go embarking? In, in product, in engineering, in sales, in customer success, in people, in finance. And I would say that even a third layer comes from when we have the write OKRs at the functional layer, supporting the company layer, but with cross-functional alignment. And that's what I love about OKR workshops, is really that discussion about getting into the OKRs, even of the functions together. And I think one of the mistakes that also leverages the, the, the gap of communication or the silos is that each of them are doing their functional OKRs or the second layer OKRs alone and not as a team, as a company, um, um, so I'm, I'm not sure if you face that in the cascading process, and and that's my point on world-class leadership that needs to bring the team together and to have just one team and culture and make it part of the culture.
1: Yeah. Oh. Um, yes. But the um, so the the leadership, I mean, leadership. The word has it in it, right? And 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 there's tons of great quotes about this topic out there on the internet. But leadership is about leading an organization, um, whereas management is more about controlling an organization, uh, I think. Um, So a very important thing that the leadership Team, that a good world-class leadership team needs to provide is direction for the organization. So start with communicating what's the ultimate goal of your business, like what's the mission and vision. It's very important that everyone in your organization is aware of that. Where you're 10 people, that's easy because every, you talk about this all the time, but it gets a lot harder once you get to a hundred or get to a thousand people, of course. Um, then it's very important that everybody understands what is the strategy of the organization so that they can make sure that they move within the strategic boundaries of the business. And then lastly, what what I often recommend leadership teams to do is to then also define a particular focus for each year. Uh, So at Purdue, I've just done this with my co-founder at the beginning of this year, where we've identified four bigger themes for the company for 2021 that we then set up as um, annual company objectives. We don't create key results for those because it's really about a higher level direction and we don't we don't think that we need to, to narrow it down that much or that they need to be measurable because we measure progress or we measure success for these company objectives by looking at the overall progress of the uh, team objectives exactly. that are aligned with it. Um, so, yeah, that, that's I think that's about what leadership. I find important about leadership and providing direction to the organization. And then I think the second thing that you mentioned was more about Cascade. how do you get the company to work together? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but what we usually recommend organizations and what we do ourselves as well is that um is that me and my co-founder Jonathan, uh, we identify um the, the bigger themes for this year, but then we ask everyone underneath that um uh, we, then we ask all the different teams to come up with their own objectives that are inspired with those and sometimes they identified other objectives that they believe are important to work on that have nothing to do with the four or five big themes that we identified are important for this year and that's perfectly fine i i, I wouldn't never i would never tweet it as narrow as that whatever you do it must be aligned with the company objectives but what you want to what you want to do is you want to have a healthy discussion about What did the team believe is important? Why is that not matching what we believe is important for the business overall for this year? And then it could still end up that they have an objective that is helping them improve one of the KPIs that they are responsible for, for example, instead of it supporting um, one of the annual company objectives that we have identified. And then within those teams, the discussions that we want to foster is not so much that you go around the team and ask each individual Like, hey, Mike, what should your OKR uh, be for this quarter? And hey, Mark, what should your OKR be? But then instead, you sit together with the team and you'd say, okay, um, here's the performance of our team. Here's how our KPIs uh, have been performing throughout the past quarter. This is what the strategy of the organization is. This is what the leadership team uh, has identified are the priorities for this year. When you take all that context into account, that you then have a discussion amongst you to say, like, what do we believe? is it what we should be focusing on in the next quarter? How do we believe we can add most value and make the most impact on the business? And then it could be that you end up with one objective, could be that you end up with four objectives, but I think it's it's first, it's most important that you identify the right objectives to focus on. And then you can decide, okay, who wants to lead this objective and who wants to lead that objective? And what I don't usually see is that at that time, it's not entirely clear yet, who you will need to achieve that objective. but a, a, a group of people will naturally start forming itself around that objective. Uh, and that's not through the initiatives um, through all the projects and tasks that, that need to be accomplished that need to be completed in order for you to accomplish that uh, that objective. And if all those people contributing to that objective come from within one team, i mean that that could be perfectly fine uh, and then you can call it a functional objective uh, for me that 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 doesn't matter that much uh, most of the time that's... you do need like someone from the engineering team to help you achieve your own marketing objective and then someone in the sales team needs a little bit of help from someone from customer success to help achieve their own objective or for help to achieve their sales objective so i think i think most of the the objectives are it is, it is clearly a sales objective and something can clearly be a marketing objective. But really to achieve one of those objectives, most of the times it's you need people functional. from across different functions in order to to achieve that.
0: Let, let me see if I, if I got you. I, I was kind of... Think about in the company level framework, layer one, layer two on the functional layer, what each of the functions can help to, and, and you completely change it much more to the new trend of squads and, and team of teams approaches, which is, so what are the three or four teams for the year that are important at the company layer? And then let's kind of create cross-functional teams to define KRs for the success of those four teams that Become the objectives, right? And we will not have kind of the layer two at the functional layer, but layer two is much more team oriented. It depends on what is the, the team or the objective that we want to achieve for the year. That's that's kind of the process
1: of cascading uh, that you are proposing. Yeah, I, I mean, I think I think within 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 the OKR framework, it's not defined that you should do it. You must do it this way. Or you must do it that way. Oh, yeah. um, Got it. Having everything trickled top down. I think there's a lot of organizations that are looking into a that want to move away from that waterfall approach where everything is being dictated top down. Um, so this is why I'm, yeah, I'm always recommending this other approach where as the leadership of a business, you stick to like defining the, 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 the the longer term priorities for a specific year, the annual objectives for the company. Mm -hmm. And then, leave it up to the teams to come up with their own suggestion, what they believe uh, they should be the OKRs that they should be working on as a team. And those can be inspired by the company objectives. Those can also be inspired by the strategy of the business, and they can also be inspired by the KPIs that they are responsible for. Right. So to, to give you one example there, if our sales team Um, has a KPI to make sure that the average deal size stays at a a certain level. Got it. Um, Now, when COVID happened last year, that immediately dropped uh, because most of the new clients that we signed, they all went for the minimum package. Um, When they are setting OKRs, then the question was like, hey, we do have this KPI that we are responsible for. Um, and right now we are absolutely not meeting that is that something that we believe we should fix or do we put it aside and just always force ourselves to come to focus on these annual company objectives that we have well in our case we we find it just as important for them to make sure that they maintain their KPIs and if they if their KPIs are unhealthy that they focus on fixing them then it is to um to, to, to than it is to to make sure that they stay focused on the on the bigger themes that are important for the business as a whole for the year. In this case, we decided not to do anything with it because we know it we knew it was caused by COVID, mm-hmm. and we didn't want to implement processes that would force companies to be to buy more uh, than they would otherwise, and 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 let them face costs that they would rather avoid due to the crisis. So in this case, they it wasn't acted upon.
0: Let's go, move into the number three uh, as we are coming to the end of the show, which is the um, execution operating system. And this is much more related with the discipline, the communication and uh, iterative mindset. So not being fundamental that we've defined the OKRs, we need to follow with them until the end of the day. So uh, until the end of the quarter. So we are learning new things and maybe we find the KR that better measures success than the KR that we have defined in the beginning of the quarter, and that's fine. To change it, but it's also important to have the rituals in place to have those weeklies, uh, monthlies, quarterlies, where we really reflect and that we don't skip them and that we don't make them boring and tedious. And so what are some of your tips uh, around the rituals and uh, having um, iterative mindsets and uh, discipline implementing OKRs?
1: Um, yeah, I, I think my, my first step would be that this is this is a part of your business that you will be constantly iterating and evaluating so, and changing. And then the part of the business, I mean, then and that's the fine. meetings and the rituals that you have. Yes. Yeah, that is fine. And it also whatever works when you're five or ten people, it doesn't work anymore when you're thirty people. Perfect. Um And also with things like all hands meetings, I think the more people are involved in the meeting, the more you automatically need to stay. At a higher level, because the details won't be relevant for everyone anymore. That that's that's exactly. simply impossible. And if you have an all-hands meeting with a hundred people, like you don't want that to drag on for hours where half of the time people are just bored or have no idea what's being talked about. So yeah, you, you'll constantly be changing that and you'll constantly be iterating on that. And I think that's that's perfectly fine in the nature of, of of running a healthy business. Then regarding the rituals itself. Yeah, we're, we're 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 always testing many different things. Also, because we want to make sure that we can advise our own customers properly, so we're always testing different things. But what I I think from all the different meetings that we've tried and all the things that we've tested, the one that I that I like most is uh, is the monthly uh, the monthly all ends meeting. So at the beginning of every month, we come together. And we, I give a give a company update. So in our case, we just pull up Purdue. We look at the company KPIs. We look mm. at the progress that we're making on uh, on the company objectives that we have, um, and then we go quickly around all the different teams, where the team leads then give an update on the performance of uh, of whatever their team is working on at that time. So again, also there, customer success comes up. We look at the customer success KPIs. These are of the obvious things, of course, like. Uh, how is churn developing? Um, how is the customer satisfaction developing? Maybe we'll look at NPS at um, and then we go to sales. Okay, so yeah, how much have we closed in the past month? Uh, well, how's the, the average deal size developing? How many customers that we get on board? We look at the sales OKR that they're working on. And that really doesn't take that much time. I think we spend around five to 10 minutes max per team. I think it's closer to five minutes. Um, and then after that meeting, um, everybody's fully up to date again about what's going on in the business and, and how we're, we're performing. And also, for us in a leadership position, you're fully up to date, right? So yep. you don't rely anymore on um, on making sure that 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 um, that people are logging in and looking up that information themselves. We have that meeting. We know for sure that prior to that meeting, everything is verified. Everything is up to date. And uh, so it's just a great. It's just a great moment to fall back to. And then every month we have that meeting and then after that meeting, you're fully up to date again. And then for the rest of the month, um, people just can continue doing their own things. And then you see differences within teams. So some teams, um, they have uh, a central team meeting every week. Other teams, um, they have one-on-ones with the manager and there isn't really a team meeting. Mm -hmm. I think you can, the the dynamics in in teams are very different. Our engineering team has a daily standup. I mean, that's something that's just completely um, that's not necessary. That's again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's perfectly fine for them. But with sales, with marketing, you don't need these things. It's, um, at least from my point of view, you don't need it. So I think it's these rituals, the smaller the time frame that you're focusing on, I think the more you need to leave freedom to the different teams to define what works best for them. But then on company level, you should at least have, I think, uh, depending on the size like i'm not talking we're not talking about big corporates with thousands of employees of course exactly. we're talking about startups with scale-ups and i think for startups with scale-ups it is important to have this monthly or at least a quarterly meeting where you all get together quickly look at company performance and then there's of course other things to discuss there as well love it
0: perfect and we have two minutes to uh, wrap up <laughs> you're keeping good show, track of time is, thank you what advice would you offer to your younger self
1: um, yeah, I think, um, so because we're talking about startups and, uh, and, and, and scale-ups here, um, the, the advice that I would give to myself, uh, to me, my, to my younger self, I would say like seven years ago when we first started with Purdue. Uh, and it is the reason I'm mentioning it, it here is because I think this is maybe a, a mistake that other founders are making as well. Uh, But we, me and my co-founder are both extremely product focused. So we were so focused on making sure that we solve a real problem for organizations, making sure that everything works out. So whenever we had churn, we always felt really bad about that. And we wanted to get churn as low as possible. And we wanted to make sure that our close rate will be as high as possible and NPS will be really high. And while doing that, what we forgot is that there's a very important number that needs to work out for your business, which is customer lifetime and value over your customer acquisition cost. And for us, the multiple there was like 15x, 15x, and I think it's still 10x. Whereas for organizations, it it, it only needs to be 3x. So something something that we have completely missed by being so product focused and by making sure that your product is perfect and then your your clients are as happy as you can, we sort of overlooked that yeah, from, a, from an economic perspective, everything was working out more than fine already. Uh, and we should have started scaling the business faster than we did. That's that's how I feel about it now. And um, if I could help any other listener of this show prevent making that mistake, that that will make me really happy. <laughs> Eric,
0: we are on time. Thank you so much for joining us uh, today. It was really a pleasure. Thank you for having me, Mike. Thanks. And to the community, we keep bringing you the best of the best. Uh, today, Henrik van der Poel, CEO at Perdue with you. And see you soon. And of course, keep scaling.